and welcome to Saturn Returns with Aoife Hanna. This is the podcast you listen to when you think, oh, I feel hell shitty about my life. Listen to this, you might feel a bit better. This week's guest is the wonderful Samantha Nelson, a very close friend of mine and an incredible powerhouse in the music industry here in London and actually going a bit more global as well from what I hear. Samantha is a prime example of someone who from the outside might seem like the most impressive and intimidating person but in this episode she really opens up about her own personal struggles in the past um, and the ones that she faces every day. She's definitely someone I've learned real talk from and I've learned um, to be open from and someone whose kindness has really helped my life and her wisdom has too so hopefully you're going to listen to this and feel all loved up too. Problem with Samantha and me is that we do talk um, a lot of nonsense, so we had to record it twice, which is slightly why there was delay in the podcast. Um, also, when I started to edit it, my computer made a noise that was like, um, ah, so I was scared of it for a while. But you know what? You have to face your fears. Um, I faced a lot of fears in the last few days including a few which I kind of allude to in the podcast. I've got some exciting news coming up which I'll tell you guys all about in the next podcast. It's going to be lit. Listen up, learn, love and enjoy. Hi Samantha, how are you darling? Hi babes. <laughs> what up? So I want to know who you are, what you do, tell me everything. Well. One second. Oh. <laughs> Let's get wet. So yeah, my name's Samantha. I run a music studio in East London and Dalston. Uh, I work with DJs and producers, helping them with their careers, teaching them, helping people take advantage of all the like cool technology that's available in studios. Um, and I run events and I DJ and I work with young people and try and do mentoring and try and do community work and try and be a wife and a, hu- and, and a husband, no, yeah. and try and be a wife. <laughs> I, I think wife and a husband covers a lot of bases. Good on you, girl. Uh, and a mother to a beautiful little pussy. And my, my pussy is Natty. Natty, who's also low-key my boss. Yeah. <laughs> I get yelled at by that bitch. Yeah, I know. Phoebe, <laughs> mommy, uh. um, So you have the kind of job and lifestyle that I think a lot of people fetishize and want to get to you know like you have this relationship you've got this cool fucking business you inspire people you help people you work with people and you work in an industry which is so male-led yes very. so male-led yeah and so unapproachable for people to get into um where did you start and how did you get to this so let's go yeah. back to baby Samantha uh, born in 1991 Thank you for that compliment. <laughs> we'll just leave that there. We'll ignore that one. 80s. Um, <laughs> no, basically, um, I grew up with two parents who were in the army. So I traveled around a lot. And also it meant that um, I wanted, I idolized my dad like most young women who had their fathers around. And I wanted to be in the army. I was always fixing stuff. I was always, if there was any new gadget in the house, like we got the internet first, we got mobile phones first because of my parents' jobs. I was. This is the most lit thing when you told me about this. Yeah. Because you're an army kid, that you had the future at your fingertips. Yeah, and it was really, it was really cool. Like, um, so I was always, and I was really into music already, just like through radio and being on car journeys and having a, a Sony Walkman and stuff and the tape collection. So I was always. Did you into pretend you were in music videos when you were in the car? No, but we did makeup dances all the time, all the time, and we did 
questioners, like quizzes. <laughs> As a quiz mistress. Questioners. Questioners. Oh, we should sideline, by the way. Um, I'm picking up a lot of uh, background noise on the mic. Basically, we are. it's sunny, so we're outside recording in the beautiful sunshine. Well, we're actually in the shade, but it's outside and we're in Dalston. So if you hear any screaming <laughs> or, or Turkish shouting that's because we're outside a really good restaurant carry on we're in hub 16 jardin the well. real talk plays <laughs> so yeah so I, was always, I was always setting up printers sorting out internet connections creating documents early computers you know like word like electric typewriters and stuff like this that electric early, typewriters early, what the fuck is early that? word processors abacus and um, PDAs and BlackBerry, like this whole tech thing. So my dad is a technophobe, so I was just like, I will do this. And I loved it, and I understood machines, like fixing the VCR, tuning the TV, repairing the iron. I could just always You're change your touch. Yeah. Which is actually kind of unusual, I think, for creative people, because normally like, you, you meet your Luddites like me. Yeah, and I, and I think, um, and I think it's just because I preferred technology to people. I was like super shy. Oh, so yeah. autistic child. I was just like, don't look at me, I'm fixing the TV. And and it meant that I was being helpful, solving a problem and not having to talk to people. Win, win, win. Yes, um, Yeah, so anyway, so I was always a little techno that carried on through school. I ran the IT room, I was involved in music, I was involved in raving, I went out from a very young age um, and this is really the gateway into everything that I have now when you broke out of boarding school I broke out of this boarding bitch. school <laughs> broke out of boarding school <laughs> so basically uh, yeah I used to like I already had a life I had a part time job is the cat around it's a very strong smell of poo poo a second ago uh, Natty we are by the cat toilet Oh fucking hell! All right, it, sorry. It's wafting over, but Not it's, a cat it's like the countryside. Shut up. Oh, get used to it. Shut up. <laughs> but at least it's not human poo poo like with Natalie's old place. Remember? Exactly. Oh god, exactly. Human shit. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I was always into music anyway from before I could go out. And in the army, you have like every Friday, the kids and like grown ups would get together in like this mess or the center at the school or the d- d- gym, and there'd be a sound system. And we'd have dancing. That everyone in the army is a low key alcoholic, oh. so um, <laughs> so they were. So I was already like doing dance competitions and getting. I used to just dance next to speakers. Were you like skanky dancing at this like family? Parties, I used to win like. like I used to win even when I had a broken leg. I won. I used to get win the best prizes like bubbles, skipping ropes, like little makeup kits. I just living life. Um, so I was already like, music is my thing. It's so great. It's music is like this. All people have science. Your music is <laughs> is my cosmic thing. Um, anyway, so raving. I ran away in the army. You get sent away to school to do your exams because you move too much. It's fucking subsidised and shit. It's yes. not like yeah, you're not like complete princess. I, I mean, you're you know, girl. you're a proper princess. <laughs> so. I went to Glastonbury when I was about 13. You could be free. It was free to go there and you didn't need a ticket. You just had to walk in with an adult and sh- and show that you were of a certain age. So we did the classic thing of, there was three of us, me and my two roommates, and there was some other people we knew going. We had no tents, no camping gear. We just like, we just like, we're going. So we told school that we were, what did we say? Oh, we said we we're staying with our guardians. We told our guardians we we're staying at school. That old trick, it worked. So anyway, we like- always do the <laughs> fake mum on the phone. I'm like, <laughs> yes, Sarah's very much allowed. And then like the parents will call back and be like, I don't know what 14 year old that was on the phone, but um, good job, honey. <laughs> Try again next I'm year. I'm so confused by the smell of like 
Turkish food and cat food mingling because it smells kind of tasty and then the background kind of umami of the cat shit is really fucking my aura. So, went to Bastonbury and I just knew, I just saw all these amazing live artists and I was always really more into dance music and um, electronic music and all the crazy shit that you can get out of that more so than bands i love bands don't get me wrong but for me like all the soundscapes because like with a band you can like see the person making the noise but with electronic artists there's so much that a computer or, or an instrument or a synthesizer is making that it's like it's mysterious and it's like it's like godlike <laughs> so your vibe isn't like single dreadlock harem pants dancing with a bongo or at poi Nah. Nah. Although mine I did do fire dancing, but that oh, was a job. No, but I was well, a honey, raver. that was a job. I was a raver, so I, I um, and, it, and so it just spawned this raving life. So I've had this like dual existence, like yeah. nightlife, going to clubs from a really early age. I had, was pretty fully developed with some great baps. Still has them. So I went no into the necessary. clubs, no problem, even though I was super young. What did you say recently? You haven't worn a bra since Prince died or something? No, since Brexit. Oh, that's it. <laughs> since Prince died. Fuck I be Prince. Who needs a bra? No, I was just like, fuck Brexit. I ain't wearing no bra. Like, just fuck everything. Like, And, um, yeah. So I've always been raving. And it was a problem. Raving has, is, like, even culturally and in the government's eyes, clubbing and raving is seen as this, like, temporary thing you do in your 20s it's revolves around drugs and it leads to it's a waste of time now, I mean I, that's a third true I 100% disagree with this notion yes there are drugs available but hello heroin and was legal in this country in the 70s and loads of people did it like before drinking water was available it was better to drink beer than water so fuck this I'm on board with that kind of half some um, pills yes, today yes are like if I cut you open does beer come out are you like a beer tap uh, when honey, you bleed depends which part you cut let's be honest one side is like pure saturated fat and the other is no actually lots of fucking vegetables I'm pretty high plant based diet you're almost vegan right I mean yeah apart from the fact that I eat like eggs every day so that wouldn't say it's almost vegan so vegan but the carcass of baby chickens oh, I'm so joking I'm so joking period <laughs> So you yes fell so in love with Glastonbury. I fell in love with, with clubbing. Music. I fell in love with dancing and Where clubbing. Where did you used to hang out in Bristol, eh? So there's a that's club the, called Bristol's Lakota. fucking like I Historic. remember going to Bristol when I was twenty, and I'd never, um yeah, I'd never been to a rave before, and that was the first time I went to a rave, and it was. What did yeah. you think? What did you experience? It was just crazy. I'd never seen anything like it because I hadn't been to a festival. I hadn't been to any, like, I'd never seen all these people health free and like super naked, 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 naked. Well, when you think about it, and this is why I, I love clubbing so much, it's like meeting places for adults. I, a, a pub is great, the park is great, but what else do we have? Well, we don't really have youth centres. We don't have places for young adults. I'm not, and everywhere else costs a load of money. I can pay five pound and go hang out with and meet. Well, why do you think people. I work in hospitality? Working in hospitality is like yeah. a gateway to making friends. And one of my great passions in life is making friends and yeah. like growing relationships. And as I get older, because I was thinking with this the other day, because I had something a bit funny happen. As I get older, I realise how much I appreciate my old, old friends mm. and how much I appreciate meeting new people and the fact that I'm able to do that and to be yeah. comfortable with that and bring more incredible, strong, female, male, 
trans, LGBTQ, agender people into my life. I love the long disclaimer there. Oh, honey, <laughs> I just fucking covered everything. <laughs> I want to cover all fucking countries, races, nationalities, sexualities, everything. Um, but it is exciting, and it kind of connects to the whole... Um, Saturn returns. Yes. Oh shit, we haven't mentioned that for the podcast today. <laughs> um, and and the fact that, you know, when you're having a difficult time in your life, you don't often, depending on how you react to difficult times or uncertainty, sometimes you retract and retreat to what you know. Other people kind of just explode into meeting lots of new people. So, and I feel like when I'm struggling, I I, I isolate because I'm like, okay, let me get through this. And then I'm like, okay, let me go be a butterfly and meet everyone. Yeah, you know for sure. I mean? It's definitely periods no, of isolation that like lead to greater and better relationships overall with everyone, with your old friends and your new friends. For sure. And yeah. we're building up to Saturn Returns, which during our first recording, Samantha kept on calling Saturn Rising. <laughs> Saturn Rising. Didn't do my research. Um, so <laughs> around the time, so you would have been, yeah, so let's I, say, 15, 16. So I was building this life in clubbing, but you know, when you're that age, everyone tells you that clubbing's a waste of time. But I was like, no, this is really spiritual. It's magical. I don't see this happening in, you know, work, boring, school, terrible, full of bullies. Um, clubbing for me was this place where I w- could be exactly what I wanted to be but also more than that I could have discussions and create and like travel we were driving all over the country I was meeting people from all over all ages but also as well my tech brain I was always going behind stage my friend was a DJ I was getting involved in running and organizing these things um just by promoting I worked in this corner shop that was super busy I have a gob on me so I'd always be chatting to everyone (laughs) (laughs) Enjoy your boost bar. Also, I've got <laughs> an eye I, I was like chatting. Everyone knew me and I knew everyone. And so I ended up giving out all the flyers for a few of these raves. I ended up always organizing cars and connecting people. And then I was connecting DJs. And I was just always bringing people and sharing and getting really excited. I was already doing kind of what I'm doing now for a job. But the difference is I did all Didn't of that the, over years and yeah. I never really I was always split so there would always be like two days a week where I went and did something just to appease this idea that we're brought up that you should do something sensible especially our generation yeah. we were all socialised into you to you're going to buy a house you to buy a fucking house so I didn't go to uni I didn't finish school I'm a school dropout yeah dropped out of school at 16 oh my god and like my parents tried I was living at the school because of the whole army thing and I, my parents told me the story the other day that I didn't know. They, my headmaster called them and were like, yo, Sam has told me she wants to go and quite frankly, you should probably let her because she's not going to do anything here. And apparently he said, like, I was really smart when I was a kid. So smart that school was boring for me. No, yeah, well, you still are smart. Thanks, babes. Mm. So I didn't really fit in with school. And then going to uni, oh my God, I was like, I ain't paying nine grand and getting into debt if I can't decide what I wanted to do. Like, no one was letting me do digital music production. Um, There was one uni course for it that I helped my friend get onto, but I I just didn't want to be in the music industry. I wanted to be in Clubland, which is like a different side of the industry. I wanted to be in events and alive. I didn't want to go and work in an office. I wanted to just do an office twice a day. So you found yourself around the age of 18 in the position where you were like, these are my loves, my loves, my loves. And at what stage did you do what we all do or have done or this and the other? When you say, right, I need to make money, I need to kind of... I can't make money out of what makes me happy. At what stage did that happen? Um, it's really interesting. It's really interesting, but I never, I never had that 
moment until much later because I was I was always juggling a day life with a night life mm. and the night life was my passion and I made money mm. and then the daytime stuff um, I was just trying it out really so that I could tell people I had a job because the nightlife stuff wasn't enough I had to top it up with a job. And I, I could just do stuff. So I was always running offices, running studios. Um, I could I was just a fix-it. So if people needed someone to handle an office move, I, I could do that. So I did temping. I did freelance and temping for like 15 years. Yeah. So and that meant I could work two days a week somewhere that paid me £10 an hour. And then I could be running clubs, promoting bands. I was working... Um, connecting artists with record labels but I did a lot for passion but for also years. as well that like you went to live in the UAE for a while didn't you I did because I had a breakup my flat contract ending and I wasn't sure I wasn't I was like you were able to do events there did you do anything there I did events there yeah, yeah. yeah I did a lot of events there um less so club orientated I kind of helped a few clubs get set up and I did kind of more promotions because I worked for a magazine um, and I worked like running a studio there like a design studio so I went to the UAE after a long period of working in clubs in London I was like and I was promoting and I was just doing like I was like the jack of all master of none and that was frustrating me and then my aunt had worked for Gulf Air so I grew up like my aunt used to come live with me and um so I grew up with this like vision of Arabia and like my dad had worked there I had just always wanted to go and work somewhere else but I'd never wanted to do the whole like Thailand gap year thing that's not me but I was like okay let me go explore the Middle East because it had already been in my life so much and like my aunt staying with me she had lived in Bahrain so I went to Bahrain but then some political thing happened when I was there which meant I couldn't get a visa so I met this guy who was moving to Dubai with his family and so I was like oh do you need help I can help move your office and he did because he was a technophobe so I moved him and his helped set up his new office I was just a gopher I'm like this like capable runner kind Good of thing on, yeah. yeah and it was great and I got I like charged he was working for an investment bank so I just charged them some crazy some ass daily money. fee yeah. in cash built a new life oh. it went so well that I and on paper that my sister came over to join me and we lived together we hadn't lived together for years we hadn't really lived together since we were like nine years old and we had this crazy year when me and my sister just had jobs in this place called media city we shared a car we went around town we had our little girl crew oh. and we were just rocking life we had a pool it was hilarious so it was so what, so what age does this bring us up to i was like 21 21 20, 22. Jesus. yeah and then you came back to london yeah i must have been 21 because i flew back from my friend's 21st birthday um, it's pretty fabulous yeah it was great and it's, it's, it's and is it really, is it true though that you just make so much money and everything's so cheap you can't really like you just have money to burn well it depends what you do like I was very poor when I was there I was like the poor person I used to get the bus and no one got the bus like I got molested on the bus like Jesus. it was just like bullshit I tried, someone tried to kidnap me at a bus stop like and put me in their car lol anyway so I had Sorry, this that's adventure me. <laughs> no I had this adventure working but I really I went there to save money so I could do some technical training on the voice which is like my main passion is singing and performing and um so I was like, okay, let me invest in myself. But I didn't go to uni, but I was feeling like I wanted to further develop so I wasn't just this jack of all trades. So I went to Bahrain and ended up in Dubai to save for this course. When I was there, some shit went down with, with my family, so I stayed a bit longer than I wanted. 
yeah and then I came back and the day I came back I was walking down Shaftesbury Avenue bumped into all of my raving friends I'd had massive FOMO whilst I was there I missed out like we were always on messenger and chat mm. rooms and this clubbing forum messaging each other and like everyone was like oh we wish you were here we're at the after party and like I'm not sending selfies but posting pictures on this group chat so I could see them hella cute MSN oh yeah MSN but also it was this like clubbing forum I can't remember the Lol. name Anyway, uh, yeah, like when you said to Natalie, ASL, and she didn't get it, I was like, oh my god. Honey, ASL you obviously never time. had cyber sex. Like, <laughs> some of us repressed, like, up my whole chubby, like, teenage years, like, desperate to have a shag, and no one's On interested. Gay Dog Girls Forum. I, you know how angry it makes me that, oof, sorry. That was a big one. That was a big one. Um, that, how annoyed I get when I talk to queer people who are like, oh, I was shagging everyone in school. I was like, I was shagging. Nobody. I went to an all-girls school. That's where you do shock everyone. No, no, was, not in Ireland. I don't know if I can say that on the podcast. But you what had a good time. Fun. Yeah. Well, <laughs> guess what? Catholic bloody all-girls convent school wasn't. I think maybe other people were, but I was just too busy just locking myself in my room and not talking to the world. Hi. Um, we can get hey. to that in a minute. Please, me. This is therapy <laughs> for the cell. Um. No, we're not going to get into that. So, right. So, this brings us up to back to London. So, it's back in London. Early like, 20s. The Middle East was weird. I stayed much longer because I had some family responsibilities. So, I sorted that out. And then, so the day I came back, I was walking down Shaftesbury Avenue. I just got this cute dress from the charity shop. I had like three weeks. I was living in a hostel because I had no, I had no home. Like, I don't have a family base. I don't have a family home anywhere. Like, the shit I have is in my bag, right? Mm. So, um, so I was walking down the road, the sun was shining, and I, out of K-Bar on Shaftesbury Avenue, all of my raving crew came out. They were all fucked off their nut. And we went to Hyde Park. We just had a massive sesh. Everyone couldn't believe that I was there because it was. Just, I was going to surprise everyone yeah. at this other dance. And then I, and then my dance, and then <laughs> dance. This other dance, and then my friend, my bestie brother from another mother, Jamie, was coming to meet me because I had just obviously got off this fucking plane, and we ended up all getting smashed together in this park, and we're like all like naughty brothers and sisters from Clubland. We're all best friends. We all see, see each other to this day, at like reunions and stuff, and um, yeah. So I got back and I just got straight back into gigging. I went to this technical training course. DJ started promoting. I. Did I have my decks? Yes, I got my decks back out of storage. Um, they lived on an ironing board in my bedroom for like ten years. That like, is, that is that we most broke out thing here. We're so broke, and I'm like my ironing board. No, but the reason why got them on my ironing board. <laughs> so my ironing board was a hand-me-down from my mum, and it was a German ironing board that I knew was not going to collapse because good German design, and it was so thick. It was like a steel frame, like legit. This ironing board was so thick and heavy, just like me. Oh, and um, did it. So yeah, I moved into this tiny little box room in um, in West Acton because my technical training course was around the corner, um, and I just got straight back into that multi juggling life. So, but it was really weird for me. I had like in Dubai, I was trying out like being I was always into clothes and like customizing and fashion and when you're into music and you're a performer you're naturally just like that like I would glue pom-poms to my shoes and I'd have crazy patterned my hair was always like you're just I always felt like say like Roshi Murphy she was someone like yeah. as a performer and artist that's someone who I think okay if someone saw my work they'd probably categorize us in the same area yeah. um oh my god god love her soul new album coming out soon I think and um so you're like she needs promotion from me on Eva's <laughs> shitty podcast no but I'm excited <laughs> about it like 
I'm excited so about listens. it. Go Google. No, yeah. but um, go Roche. So I went straight back into it, and this time because I was surrounded by music people, I got back into performing in bands, and I was like, I really. I'm so happy. And I probably had my Saturn returning moment like around this time. So this was, was what, 25, 26? 2005, I think. This brings us up to 25, 26? No. Yeah, 25. So your Saturn, I mean, everyone's different, but I know my definitely I'm started. I'm bloomer, so. Mine fucking started at 26. Yeah. So show. Like, yeah, so around that age is when you started having kind of the identity crises so you were doing yeah because I lost a huge I feel like that's nonsense I feel like when I met you you were fully in the middle of it no I. you were definitely in the middle that of it that was a relationship no that oh, was that a relationship was a, just a shitty relationship it was and the recession it was yeah. me having to compromise like that's fine like but basically I was always I was, so I was going back to the juggle of working it promoting a club night fiercely dancing I wasn't performing as a dancer um you know, because I, I don't know, I had changed a little bit by going abroad. Like, I was a lot more focused on, like, being a fully rounded human rather yeah. than just caning it and fucking everything up. Like, not necessarily, like, I just, I cared a little bit more when I came back. I had a, more ambitions to run my own business. Um, I kind of was like, okay, let me just try and be focused on this technical training. Because I'd never been disciplined. I'd never mm. developed anything. I felt like, really, like, I can do anything, but there's nothing I'm specialist at. So I was like, let me do this technical training. And this is where my crisis started because I had to work to pay rent because everyone else on the course, excluding one person who happened to be my bestie on this course, everyone else has lived with their parents or their yeah. parents paid for it. Sure. And the course was so intense. Me and this other girl who did have jobs and had bills to pay, we both had to drop out because we're like, well, you had to like learn eight tracks a week, do theory, do collaborative projects. And I'm like, and I have to pay 400 quid of rent and bills just to breathe just to keep a roof over my head. So and that was then. Imagine now yeah, trying to do it. Yeah, so the, pr- the pressure was really on. So I did some shady shit uh, to supplement all of that. And I, um, you know, we all do, like, it's, pr- hustling. you know, I, I was hustling. Yeah. But also as well, I started to develop good friendships. And that was cool. But I was always feeling like an imposter. I was like, and I wasn't really enjoying this performing world. And this is where my crisis came. I had spent two years away saving to come to this course and I hated it and I was like I'm such a fuck up and this is where I started to lose my confidence like I was such a fuck up and I was like let me sort this out so I this no one knows this but I took a job writing because I'd just been writing a magazine for two years I came back and I was like okay I can keep writing to supplement my job didn't realise how much nepotism there was in the writing and media industry and realised without a degree you can't do shit yeah Oh my god, so I took a job in Portugal, mm-hmm. left, like, got rid of my room, rented it out, took all my, put all my stuff in storage, or did I just not have any stuff by this time? Anyway, took my tennis gear and me to Portugal, got there, and this company had put me in a house with a heroin dealer from Glasgow, and all these, Glasgow, that came out weird, hello, yeah, hello, Glasgow. from Glasgow. Anyway, so I was in this like crazy house and I was like, I have fucked up yet again. So I remember being like, right, I'm not gonna be in this house with this drug dealer. I've just left a really druggy, druggy world. And I just wanna- And like heroin is like bad. Heroin just means that someone's gonna someone's try gonna and- fucking overdose and die and like, you don't need to Or just like that. be violent in my house. And I was like, I've just left all this shit. I don't need it. So I was like, cool, this is not gonna work out. So I was like, right, let me go back to London. 
so I was there for a kind of a week just trying to I'd spent all my money on the plane ticket <laughs> I was like and so I got back to London my old flatmates in West Acton let me crash on the couch mm-hmm. so then I was like okay I've got like a limited amount of time to get a job get a place so this is when I moved back to East London so I was already raving in East London we were going to like nag 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 boombox all of this shit electric crash had already was happening or had kind of already happened so I already had this relationship with East End through clubbing and like my one of my best friends lived in Bow just my whole life had already been here so like to put down roots in Dalston was really natural for me so I got a room when rent was like uh 40 pounds a week shut the fuck up yes and um and I just lived my best life I was raving 40 pounds a week yeah so I'm really rooted here and so like this is when I started to kind of like try a different kind of life I got into a relationship yeah uh, which did not end well and was not good for me and then I just went through all these ups and downs like dealing with confidence not doing music the recession hit I had to get a day job because I was like the you kind were like of IT chick right because I had always been fixing stuff yeah. the companies just saw me keeping their business it, going like, knowing you for ages and then finding out you worked in IT and I was like you're telling me that like sick ass DJ, one of the most creative and emotionally intelligent <laughs> people I've ever met, works in fucking IT, which is like an industry which belongs to no, but belongs to like awkward men. Yeah. Unfortunately, because obviously you know it shouldn't be, but like at the same time, I'm like, how dare you take that from them, Sam? <laughs> That's their thing, you know. The men have the, rights too. Men have rights too. Like, I told you about that guy my friend who was like it's really hard being a white straight guy because she's a bad rap and I was like shut <laughs> the fuck up imagine being Here's queer or a fucking black you know in Australia they would call that a suck back because his mama needed to suck him back oh my god <laughs> Australia's false um, so at what stage do you hit the point where you're like right I'm gonna fucking start my own business because I know you always wanted to but when when was the moment can you identify the moment you're like i have had enough of this i do know this so i after doing my it job for a while the company i got made redundant uh which was cool i had wanted to leave for a while but it's still not so confident and i think um it took me a few weeks to stop thinking about what the my former bosses wanted because we worked very closely together um and to hear what my values and what my thoughts was so i kind of did a lot of exploring and soul searching and research about you know and trying to be really honest like what skills do I have because I have a lot of skills but not necessarily ones that I want to keep using do you know what I mean mm. and like being a performer and being um create technical I'd never been an artist I never created I've never been I never developed the practice of being an artist. I'd always just pushed it to one side. So this is where my Saturn return crisis always is. It's around this like compromise between paying rent and being an artist. Self-belief as well. And self-belief is a huge part. Zero self-esteem club. No, which is, I mean, it's always the best people that have the least self-esteem, which makes no sense. I know, right? The world is a vampire. The universe is hilarious like that. (laughs) Well done. I'm so glad that everyone enjoys all of my fucking hard work and lols, but I feel like shit all the time. Yes, I just tried to kill myself while you're having a lol. Oh my god, you asshole. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Only no true artist is smug. No, it's hilarious, right? I'm like, so anyway, so I've been made redundant, 
but the moment I wanted to uh, start the the business was actually before I got made redundant. So I used to have this flat in Shoreditch, uh, a little studio <gasps> flat, which Remember I it. took. We had some good times. We had some very good times there. And um, it was cute. Everyone used to walk past. It was a ground floor, tiny, like, studio, but with massive windows. So everyone just, like, knocked on my door, uh, on my window, and used to come in. I used to leave the door open. And it was so open. Free, you just left, like, a super challenging relationship yeah, yeah. so you weren't happy in. i mean no one's perfect i lost and myself no you know like you can never it's one of those things it's like i was rebirthed there's in that two flat. there's two sides to fucking every story and no one's a bad guy or a good guy but you know we weren't compatible when you see, when you see two people me. when you see two people leave a relationship as horrible as it is the tumultuous that's the end but they both, they both do really separately. well yeah, yeah it's, like, it's like it's an inspiration to me having gone yeah. through a breakup myself recently yeah that, um, although it was a really nice relationship, so I'm still a bit whatever. But carry on. The universe knows what it's doing. Do you think so? Yes. Recently, I've been a bit like, hmm. Yeah, bitch, you're trying me. Mm, <laughs> I truly Saturn, believe because look return. at the opportunities that you're following up on next week. I'm sorry. Well, that's yeah, that's that's coming up in the podcast, listeners. It's gonna be a big reveal. That's pretty exciting. <laughs> But yeah, so I remember the exact moment. So it was a Tuesday and we were already giving some DJ lessons and some people were dropping by to kind of get some equipment looked at by Jason and I was yeah. feeding everyone. And my friend who was a drummer, he was... Jason the, is Samantha's partner, by the way. Husband, wife, my right mother, hand sister, man. daughter, son, everything. My bear. My furry bear. He's a very and sweet Colombian man. Yeah, he's good. Um... And so, yeah, so Dramatics um, was just leaving the studio and he was he turned around and he was like, this is such a hub. And then that night, me and Jay drank loads so of when wine. So you, you mean like downstairs in there? So like Samantha lives in a basement? Oh no, it was studio in Shoreditch. Flat. It was in oh, Shoreditch. this is in Shoreditch. This, this, when, in you the was, this when you were humping. When yeah. I remember when I met, before I met him, but I remember when you moved in there and you were seeing this Colombian guy that you were really excited about seeing. But you were like, oh, he's just, you know, it's just just a lull. It's just like, you know, DTF, like good times. It was someone I was actually interested in having a conversation with. Yeah. And, um... Remember you saying that, you're like, he knows about music. Yeah, Yeah. I was like, we can talk, like, about nerdy stuff. That's what you want, isn't it? Yeah, we used to Skype all night. We used to just, like, leave Skype on and I'd be cooking and doing our stuff. that's desperately romantic. It was was actually really cute. And he'd get really cross. He'd be like, oh, oh, like... Uh, I don't know why I'm out with my mates, but I want to talk to you. And I'd be like, and I'd call him, and I'd be like, "Yeah, I'm at this party. Like, I want to talk to you though." Like, so it was like really cute. And um, so anyway, so dramatics was just leaving the studio, and he was like, "This is such a hub." And like, I was desperately unhappy at my job. I was undervalued. I didn't know how to assert myself. There was no journey path for me. There was like, you know, opportunity for me there. Um, there was wonderful people, but it was just really t- it, a lot of things were toxic. So I knew I was really capable, but having low self-esteem and not really, uh, being a jack of all trades, I was like, how can I start a company when I'm not a specialist in a thing? But then I realized I do know shit. Like, and between me and Jason, we had a combination of his um, technical training, like self-taught training over the years, plus my general business skills, plus my own sound knowledge, because I was originally doing sound engineering anyway. We, we, had, a, we had the package between us and having a partner gave me confidence to kind of lead like I am a leader having a teammate having a team and also just Jason and Kito who's his best friend and our legend we love Akito like I after coming out of a relationship 
which is gets back to the Saturn returning thing. I definitely was reborn in that studio. Jason and Akito um, looked after me like I was a broken horse. They made sure I found my voice. They pushed me to assert myself creatively. And no matter what happens in life, I will dedicate any creative project to them because like oh my god I'm like emotional talking about it it's like really true and really they brought sensitive. you out and like yeah. you and they you rescue me from a shit place. Natalie you and Natalie yeah oh my god, together like, are such an inspiration to people who go through heartbreak because you have been through the fucking ringers yeah. and come out the other side like and the most amazing and when you have low self-esteem as well you think strong like, people I have never felt more ugly and like gross and disgusting and like you just think oh I'm and I was really shy and awkward so I just felt like such a loser and the only thing I was good at was working I was like I had to rebuild and relearn like all my interpersonal relationships I remember going over to Natalie and Lawson's house and being so afraid or like I was like I need to relearn how to be friends with them and like I, got, I was like I was so afraid and so nervous I remember, and I used to yeah. go into the toilet and be like okay what can I think about to talk about because I was just so it was just you know work in progress so (laughs) carry on no but so I definitely had my Saturn return moment like over it was probably a period of six months I rented my flat god knows I didn't tell anyone I did it I just did it I just I needed it and I my I knew it it I didn't tell anybody I didn't tell my ex I didn't tell anyone and we were still together at the time and I was just like I'm gonna rent a flat because I psychologically need my own space because you're fiercely independent yes and it was like it was the best thing I've ever done in my whole life was get that flat it was the same price I'm paying for my studio in Dalston right now and but I was in IT I could afford it I couldn't really afford it but I kind of made it work because I was like I I needed it and like the personal development I did in that flat like I got really fit um I worked on my abs. I developed, learned yoga. I went to dance school classes in Stratford. I went raising. Yeah, I just did. I want to go to dance school class with you. Yes, I was like just doing all these little things. I by myself after being in a long-term relationship like to do that shit by yourself you'd rediscover. And I remember I met these two cute girls at dance school, and we're still in touch today. Um, I was learning how to keep in touch and be friends with people. Yeah. So that was like a huge thing. So I did so much growth in such a short space of time and it was really down to the people who were around me, people like you, people like Natalie, people like Jason and like, but to the wider world, I have this, I still was hiding, I still hide, I still don't self-promote, I still don't put myself out there, it's a, 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 it's going to be a lifelong mission. Self-promotion's hard. Yes, mate. You guys are amazing. So the Hub 16. So it was born in my old flat, and but the thing that I want to say, if like... I never really knew which direction to take because so many options are available. And I think mm. this is something as millennials, like, we feel that we can do anything. So sometimes we look like we're non-committal, but it's like, I have the freedom and people have, like, literally died so I could vote and work. So why not let me experience the whole That's universe? Nice. Mm. So I think millennials get a lot of flack because there is so much choice for us. So how the frick do we know which direction to go? We've got social, <laughs> we've got social media. It's stressful True. existing in this modern life, but we're all navigating it. Like my parents, breakups was, now. Like you know, I remember seeing on on um, seeing your it? ex on Tinder oh, is so fun. Stop. Like, <laughs> not that oh, I did, but like I did. Yeah. Um, but it's like one of those things I remember watching um, 30 Rock which is a show we loved and there was some young one on it she was going through a breakup and she was like 
fuck. They always say fuck because they didn't curse too much in that. But like, there are so many ways to not call someone now, you know? So they're not Facebooking you. They're not Instagram messaging you. They're not WhatsApping. Called being ghosted, babes. It's the worst. (laughs) And I just I'm so loyal. It takes me so long to be like, look, I just want you to know I'm still into you just in case you forget. But they're all like, So we'll just pause for a sec. People coming uh, back. Uh, 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 uh. Oh no, it's cool. We're just, we're just recording. So, uh, yeah, it was like a drunken conversation. Me and Jay were like, we could do something here. Um, so Akito, Mikey, and Jason already ran a le- record label together and mm. did some events. And then I brought in all the business experience and a lot of DJ equipment. Um, so we then, I was getting kicked out of that place because I made too much noise, lol. And um, <laughs> so we were looking for a bunker, so we found the hub. Mm. Uh, we almost didn't get it, almost the lawyer got it. And then the creatives in the building were like, no, we want a creative. And then my landlord, I was his second favorite because obviously I was a broke ass musician uh, and they gave us a space. So that's how we came to be here. But um, it, can I just say something that is, I think is really important. I have made this life out of years of raving and going to clubs and building up relationships with lots of different people through clubbing and nightlife. And I think clubbing and nightlife is a serious, really economy. important, essential part For sure. of you the and UK Amy Yes, she's doing a great job. And but I just think that um, it on paper it looks like okay, I've got this studio, I've got all of this stuff, but actually. I have done a lot of jobs and a lot of work and lots of learning and development, but just not in the traditional route. But what you're saying is everything counts, you know, like everything you do along your journey, even if your job is so shitty, you're like, what the fuck am I doing? It is contributing to something, even if it is contributing to you saying, I've had enough of this fucking life. And I think I want to do what I want to do creatively. uh, Yeah, and exactly that. And I think the universe put like, I think things just happen and that uh, we all do our best and when we have trauma and we try and redirect our lives, that's always a positive thing, even if it's a bit bumpy and lonely. And another thing is like to specialise at something which we are now doing. I study. If mm. I don't know something, I study it now, which I had never, 30 years I did not study yeah. because I was smart enough to well, black it. Because you're studying about what you actually care about for once. Yeah. And so that's like when I'm now feeling unfocused and unconfident or like unsure, I study. I'm just like, okay, I'm not ready. Okay, let me study for a night or something. Sorry, this is like really cute stuff. No, there's a very, it's not <laughs> Staffordshire Terrier. Jesus, that's the is least Staffordshire Terrier. Oh, what it's, is a, it? it's a little like Border Terrier cross, no? Oh, it's so cute. I hey, love Pip. you. What's she called? Pip. Pip. Got Pip in the house. Pip, give us a kiss. Mm. There we go. <laughs> Pip, kiss the mic. Have a nice Are you weekend. Oh, Jesus, Pip, grabbing the tata. She's a lesbian. I was about to say, your dance yeah. career. <laughs> Welcome to the house. Bye, baby. See you later, Angel. Have a good weekend. Can I just say also, it's carnival weekend, so happy carnival. Yeah, happy fucking carnival. <laughs> this carnival's going to be one of the best, I reckon. I hope so. But yeah, so it's like. Well, this what's brings going us on with to you? this. Anyway. Well, we're not going to talk about me, God knows. Um, that's for that's for in no, a couple I mean, of weeks. Like, the Saturn returns. Like, what's your experience? What stage of am it? I right now? Yeah. Um, I'm definitely at the stage where I'm. No, I know so many changes have happened that I've had no control over, which is super shitty. But 
Um, I definitely know what I want now, what I don't fucking want. I think that's and I'm what making you learn. You learn changes, what you don't want. Right? Because yeah. life's not about what you want, it's what you don't fucking yeah. want. Yeah. Um, and that's only experience and trial and error. And I've learned through relationships what I absolutely don't want and what I absolutely do want. And um, professionally, the same thing. And also that's realizing exciting. that maybe London's lost its shine for me. So when. For a lot of people. Because I know you as a stand up as a like trying to be a stand-up comedian yeah like and to me you're the funniest person i know like your Thank wit you. is so intelligent just listening to all the other podcasts i'm like you're just a natural presenter and i think you should really do it more um well that's why i'm making a goddamn podcast yes. i mean it's gonna be huge we're it makes so much money out of free online podcast no but we're <laughs> so droll isn't she <laughs> <kids>? <laughs> yeah. um but is there is there like something blocking you? Are you like do you feel London? That's why you're gonna. That's why we've got some updates coming up. Anyway, that's a later date. So one of the main parts of the podcast is giving people inspiration, advice, positivity, looking to future, realizing you might be in a shitty office job right now. Yeah. You might be working in a fucking cafe, hating your fucking life. But this is all for something. What is your advice to people in that position? Well, the first thing I that saved me and helped me get a little bit of focus and like get to where I am now is um, the art of Zen and learning all of that and um, I did some reading about it and it really helped me manage some relationships both professionally and professionally that I was struggling with and um, Zen is about not letting other people's thoughts and feelings and energy affect you mm. and it, it changed my life and it made me into a very I, do, I used to get really angry at some stuff personally and I kept it all inside, but now I just don't it's ever get like It's basically like a la frozen, let it go. It's more like this person could be having a really bad day and treating you badly, but it doesn't have to affect your mood. Yeah. So it, it gives me this inner strength. Not today, and, Satan. And <laughs> exactly. Yes, exactly. honey. So people often comment on like how I can handle so much. And partly it's my personality from my upbringing, but a lot of it, in this day is to do with that I learned how zen. zen so and I took it on board you're a second piece of advice and my other bit is it's baby steps mm. you know write it down write a bit of a plan and also as well get involved in your community because London or any city any place get involved in community because um, like some people don't believe in altruism but I think no matter what you're doing if you are involved in something that relates to the community in some way you're on the right track do you know what mm, I mean? Like, sure. we can all be very, like, me, 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 I, 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 my dreams. And yes, but actually, it takes a village to do anything. So if you are part of a village, you're going to do well. Do you know what I mean? Find yeah, your for find, sure. There's that look, thing about finding your tribe, and I think that is professionally, if we speak about, like, professionalism, finding Maybe your tribe just is to cool. survive. Yeah, just to, like, have some people who get you right now I'm trying to change the direction of the business so I've run it all down the whole strategy for the next year and it doesn't mean that I'm military gonna be on top it means that I've got a rough idea of what I would really enjoy and some and I also think more long-term because like people think about a situation but actually my long-term goal is to travel and explore the world as often as possible but I need something to give me money to do that if I do music well enough and discipline and train and get better and better I can use that as a way tool to travel yeah exactly so I mean that's it kids <laughs> that's it well thank you for the advice and the love as always I love you desperately Samantha I love you too you're the very best and Natalie and Aoife are like the best wing women 
in the world. Well, you know, well, unfortunately, you're not single, so we don't <laughs> come in good. <laughs> That's my job. I'm the only single one left. Um, thank but you, But can Samantha. I just say, though, being in a relationship doesn't, it's a hard fucking work and distracts everybody from their path in life. So being a single is a privilege. Well, this is what I'm thinking now, eh? Yes. I was so distracted by being super in love and happy that I avoided my own problems, but... But also, like... You de- we have the opportunity and privilege to design our life because we were born into the West so and into London or Ireland or wherever. And it's like, I am fully going to use everything in my the being rights that to we have fought for. E- explore the world, but also to give back and make sure I'm not shitting on anyone. Like, oh, Samantha, you know. that is... Our ending note. Thank you very much, Samantha. Thank you for having me. And we will have an update <laughs> session on what the um, exciting goss is at later days. Huge thanks again to Samantha for taking part in the podcast, uh, being a complete legend. Check out Hub16, her wonderful business, at hub16.com. And also uh, Instagram-wise, if you want to have a little look-see, at hub16 underscore. This might be your chance to become the sick-ass DJ of your dreams. Who knows? Thanks as well, of course, to Paddy Hanna for the music. You can find his music uh, on Instagram, Paddy Hanna Music, and of course on iTunes, Tidal, Spotify, the works. He's everywhere, honey. He's huge. Thank you, of course, as well to you guys for being the best, for listening in. Really appreciate the support. I cannot believe how many people have actually listened to my podcast. You're all legends. Uh, I'll keep on doing it if you keep on listening. How about that? There's a deal. See ya.